Who's got the victory today? Yeah. Hallelujah. Well, you know, we always have it, whether we feel like we have it or not, because Jesus has it. And we're in him. And whatever he's got is what we've got. And if it didn't come, like Brother Hagan used to say, if it didn't come from the Lord, I don't want it. And uh, we're not interested in anything the devil's peddling. Amen? Uh, turn in your Bibles this morning, if you would, to... 3 John 2, uh, again, we're, isn't it something how you can uh, get, on, get on one scripture and can't get off of it for weeks? And uh, because the, the Bible's like that, there's so, there's so much you think, well, what, what could more could be said about 3 John 2? And we've been preaching on the prosperous soul. Uh, actually putting more emphasis on what's happening in the soul with prosperity than what's happening outwardly, externally, where you can feel it and see it and experience it. Because, you know, oftentimes that scripture, the emphasis gets put on uh, the health and wealth part, and uh, everybody just starts claiming things, and that's great. But we've got to understand that this, the health and wealth part, is actually the fruit of a prosperous soul. It's not the pursuit of those things. And I think that's where many people get discouraged or or get turned off, you know. Some preacher gets up and talks about all his stuff and what he's paid for it. I've been in that meeting. And uh it's 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 there's there's nothing uplifting about that. It just it's just uh it is ridiculous. I I, I can't say more about that, but I, I will tell you that uh, again, this is not a scripture to encourage us to pursue wealth and health so much in a in a pursuit way and the way the world uh, looks at it, and that's where people get turned off to what they call the prosperity message. Is I think they sometimes feel like it's a pursuit of wealth and a pursuit of health, and we're always chasing our tail, so to speak, almost on that. But this really is the fruit, what you could say about Third John 2 here. Let's read it, those that maybe are just joining us on this discussion. Beloved, I wish above all things. Now, that's really a, a quite a priority, isn't it? That's a, He's saying this is the most important thing. This is the top of the list. I wish, and and, you know, there may be something in your background or culture or whatever that, you know, would, would, would resist that in some way. But uh, let's not resist the word just because we, we've had experiences maybe that were a turnoff or something, right? Or, or something that we have been ingrained with. Um, boy, those cultural things that we are ingrained with can really compete with our faith, compete with our belief system. And, uh, we need to always put the word at the top. Amen. If what grandma said has to be wrong, let it be wrong. If what mama said has to be wrong, let it be wrong. If it conflicts with the word. If it doesn't, then so be it. But praise the Lord. Beloved, I wish above all things. How many believe that's a priority there? He's putting it at the top of the list. I I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in health. So go after the money and go after the health and you know, eat uh, seeds and sprouts and, you know, whatever. No, and, and, and some 
Christian circles, that's become the theme. It, you feel like you're in a nutrition seminar instead of the word. And, um, you know, certain things, can, there's, there's practices with wealth that can help you. There are practices with health that can help you. But that's not what this is talking about. This is talking about divine, supernatural health and prosperity. Amen? And, uh, and so in that sense, it's a higher, le- it's a higher quality of prosperity than the world ever experiences. It's a higher quality of health than the world ever experiences. Amen. This has nothing to do with your diet. Sorry for those who want it to be, but it has nothing to do with your diet or your, the quality of your vitamins. Did you get them at Costco or did you get them at health, at Whole Foods? You know, come on, folks. You know, we're, we're, we, we got to think higher than all that stuff. And I, I've been to the conference too, where it turned into a bee pollen sales pitch and, uh, whatever else they were selling supernatural water from the Miracle Valley, uh, swimming pool. I don't know, whatever. But, uh, the health we're talking about here is divine health that is fueled by the Zoe life of God. Amen. And then we have prosperity, not like the world gives, uh, but, uh, and, and, and understands the Babylonian system of prosperity, but a divine prosperity. How many believe what God would do is greater than what the world can do? Amen. And so really we need to set our, our, uh, expect expectation levels. We need to set that at divine prosperity, which is going to be higher than what the world can do. Amen. So we're not talking about getting a better deal on a car or refinancing your house. We're talking about divine prosperity. Now, what does the Bible have to say about divine prosperity? How do we define it? How do we understand it? Well, uh, the Bible says that the Lord makes fat or rich and addeth no sorrow to it. How many know that worldly kind of prosperity can bring sorrow, can bring pain, can bring regret? But God's prosperity uh, is freewheeling, as we say. There's no, there's no uh, side effects to it that can be harmful. I hope that's helping somebody. Uh, but never does the scripture encourage us to pursue these things outside of a prosperous soul. The thing to pursue here is the prosperous soul. Does this help you? The thing to pursue is the prosperous soul. That's the pursuit. That's what our target is. So, because if my soul is prospering, the prosperity and the health in this verse are going to come naturally. As fruit, fruit comes naturally. Remember, on the fruit of the Spirit, you don't have to plant your lemon tree and go out there with a bowl of lemons and explain to the tree, this is what I want you to produce. And then you bring out a watermelon to the tree and say, do not produce this. Your assignment is lemons, not watermelons. 
And so oftentimes we get a teaching on the fruit of the Spirit. And, you know, somebody said, well, that's that's all nine fruit of the Spirit. That's not all the fruit of the Spirit. That's just nine that have been identified. Because this would be a fruit of the Spirit as well, wouldn't it? Prosperity and health. And that's not listed. In, but anyway, the point is, we don't have to instruct the tree. If we're the tree producing, you don't have to instruct us. Now, this is what you need to produce. You need to try to have joy. So we're going to have a joy meeting so you can try to have some. And I've gotten aggravated at the joy meeting and left early to beat the crowd to chilies or something. Get a booth before everybody else does. That's preferring your brother, isn't it? Hallelujah. Your pastor needs a lot of prayer. I got a long ways to go. Now listen. So we don't have to instruct the soul. Now this is what you need to try to produce. We don't have to try to do anything. We are going to walk in the word and walk in the spirit. And we're going to pursue the what we're supposed to pursue here. Amen? Does this help you? Uh we sing some some of the songs that we sing talk about the blessing of the Lord chasing us down. The Bible says that, you know, uh, don't turn there, please. But in Deuteronomy 28, the Bible does tell us that these blessings will pursue you, come after you, and overtake you. So if the blessing is overtaking, it means it's coming from behind. In other words, it's not out in front of you, and you're trying to chase it down. It's behind you. You're walking in the Spirit, walking in the Word, walking in life, walking in the prosperous soul. Amen? And the prosperity and the health chases you down. Isn't that a lot better than trying to make something happen? Like Brother Hagin used to say to people in a service, he said, well, we're going to, Press in, you know, those were the words, that was the prayer school lingo, we had our own lingo. Press in and, you know, and really try to, almost try to make it happen. And Brother Hagin would walk out there and he'd go, y'all just need to relax. He said, don't try to make it, stop trying to make something happen. He says, you're all pulling on my spirit, I can't even think here. Because they're all, prophesy to me, prophesy to me, you know, I need a, Prophecy, we need the prophet's office to work. Oh, let's, let's really pray the prophet's office will work. Well, if he's a prophet, it'll work. Come on. Maybe he's not a prophet. I don't know who the guy you're trying to get it to work for. I'm just saying, that's crazy. And uh, I've been in the prayer meetings on the floor in the, some hotel room trying to get the prophet's office to work. And then we meet the next day. Well, it didn't work so well. Well, it's because we're not praying hard enough. Well, dear God, let's pray till blood comes out our throat. Maybe that'll help God. Maybe God's deaf. I don't know. What's the problem? But uh, <laughs> Brother Hagin said, you know, whatever you're called to and walking in, that's what you'll do. It's just, it just comes naturally. And he used to talk about having miracles when the place was neck deep and out in unbelief. So they'd wade neck deep and out in unbelief to come get a healing. But that office would operate, amen? I'm getting in the weeds, but dear God, it's, it's like we, we pursue the wrong things. We're, we're trying to go after manifestation instead of after what produces the manifestation. All right, that's a whole other message.
sorry, but it's the truth, isn't it? Uh, so obviously we, you know, my goodness, we've been teaching six weeks, all of us on, including uh, Pastor Dan, we've been preaching on the prosperous soul. And of course, uh, Pastor Scarlett has laid out so many wonderful things about it. But I wanted you to see the prosperous soul, how that your human will works with it or against it. And so that's what we're really trying to emphasize today. Look at John 5, 2. You probably heard this as a great message on faith and believing God for a miracle. But I want you to see something here about the human will, the human will. Now, we've obs- we've obsessed in church land for uh, a long time about God's will, right? We've been at the altar praying about God's will, and everybody likes to talk about what's God's will. Well, well number one, we know his word is his will. Amen. His word is his will, not your experience. Not, not something bad that happened to somebody else. That's not, that doesn't prove anything. But God's will is in His Word. And the Apostle Paul in Galatians very much clarifies that, especially the New Testament. He says that, uh, he compared the redemptive deal, the redemptive deal that God made with Abraham and Jesus to the last will and testament of, uh, of, of a man who's dying. And he said, when the testator is dead, the will cannot be amended. Amen? So uh, I'm for all denominations and branches. Thank God for the different expressions of worship. But uh, your Presbyterian background can't change the will of the Lord. Your Lutheran background can't change the will of the Lord. Your, amen, you see where I'm going? Your Catholic background, your Pentecostal, hair on fire, running down the aisle background can't change the will of the Lord. The will of the Lord was made by God. In fact, you weren't even asked about it. I was not asked about it, amen? How I feel about it wasn't considered. It was a a deal made between God and Abraham and Jesus. Amen? And so our names aren't in there other than beneficiaries. (laughs) Hallelujah. So we're right, and that's the way wills are made. The, The testator, the person that owns the property, is bequeathing his earthly goods and finances and so forth to whomever he chooses. And that name can be put in there, or it can say to my wife or to my children or whoever. But praise God, the Bible says that once it's made, there is no law that can come against it. Do you know that's true today in a court of law? The governor can't change it. The president can't change it. Congress can't change it. No one can change the will once it's been signed and ratified. Amen? And the person's dead. Jesus died on the cross uh, at, to make the will valuable. Hallelujah. All right. So we're, we're obsessed with God's will. And um, here we have a question about the human will. What 
So we, we can know God's will from the Word. What's our will? Now look at John 5, 2. Now there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then first, after the troubling of the water, stepped in, was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. And I always said it was probably somebody with not very much wrong with them because they are the most able body to get into the pool when the, when the water starts being troubled. A person who's crippled, a person who is lame in some way or paralyzed, they're not going to be able to get into the water very easily. So by the time they even start to move towards it, the, the show's over, so to speak. And it's a first come, first serve, that's it. That's what the word says. I didn't make this up. Uh, a certain man was there which had an infirmity, 30 and 8 years. How many know that's a long time to be sick? 38 years. Uh, when Jesus saw him lie, he knew that he had been now a long time in that case. He said unto him, uh, are, uh, are, are you enjoying suffering for the will of God? Have you learned your lesson yet? Is that what it says? No. no. It says unto him, will you, wilt thou, in the king's English, wilt thou be made whole? Will you be made whole? Now notice the word whole. Whole is a stronger word than healed. Whole includes being healed. Amen? But wholeness means nothing broken and nothing missing. Now you could have a condition physically uh, or, you know, since we're tying it to Third John 2 financially, you could have a condition where the disease or the source or the problem is solved and you're left with the aftermath. Sometimes this happens in surgeries. A person has a surgery to cure the defect, but then they're left with problems from the surgery and sometimes have to be on pain medication or whatever. So, Wholeness would not just be the cessation of the diseased condition, but it would also replace whatever the disease stole. Amen. So we're not just after healing here. We're after wholeness. Now, wholeness also would be balanced, well-rounded. Prosperity is not just a lot of money and everything else wrong. Are y'all getting anything out of this? So wholeness is, is more than just a bag of money or a bunch of coins uh, or jewelry or, or you know, art collection or something. It's got to be more than that or it's not real Bible prosperity because everything God does is perfect. Remember we sing that? Song, you are perfect in all of your ways. Everything God does is perfect. Now, perfect doesn't necessarily mean like we think of perfect, uh, like perfectionism, which can be a problem. But perfect meaning nothing missing. When a 
when a baby is born, generally speaking, <laughs> the mother uh, uh, will they'll hand the baby to the mother, and eventually the the the, the child is unwrapped from the all the blankets and things, because the mother wants to see if all the parts are there. In other words, does it have fingers? Does it have five fingers on each hand? Does it have five toes on each hand? Right? Uh, or the, or does it have eyeballs? Does it, what, you know, every, you want to see everything is there. Amen? There's no birth defects. It's called and the, the child, she'll say, the child is perfect. Well, he's perfect in the sense that he's healthy or she's healthy, got all the important parts, amen, everything's there. Uh, you don't know that child may grow up and have three toes longer than the other ones, a big nose, <laughs> right, or something else that the world would say, well, that's not perfection, but perfect in the sense of, 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 of God's mind is everything's there. Everything that is needed is there for this child. Amen? So perfect means nothing broken. See, you need to get this memorized. Nothing broken and nothing missing. Nothing broken, nothing missing. Do you know how hard it is to keep everything in your house working all at the same time? It's like, you know, you dream of the day when every hedge is trimmed perfect and every light bulb is working and all the appliances are humming and everything is just perfect, you just dream of this. But uh, especially if you're kind of a, a little OCD like I am, can be, you know, like... And then... Uh, but you find out that it's difficult to do in, in, in life, in the natural realm. We, we, we talk about perfect. It's difficult to pull that off. But I'll tell you what, in God's mind and in God's world and in God's thinking, whole is more than just healed. And it means nothing broken, nothing missing, no weakness, no, no weak spots, nothing. Hallelujah. Now, a guy that has been 38 years crippled at the pool of Bethesda, uh, he would have to go through, if they could cure whatever caused it, uh, medically, he'd have to go to all kind of rehab, all kind of physical therapy. How many know what I'm talking about? Physical therapy, uh, occupational therapy, probably everything is, um, 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 atrophied, muscle weakness, circulation problems. Am I right? Uh, and, 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 and yet here he's made whole in an instant by the love of God, by, by God's healing power. Amen. So this gives you a glimpse into the Bible definition of prosperity is wholeness. Nothing broken. Nothing missing. Amen. Everything you need is supplied. These are, these are great thoughts that you need to have going in your head, which is part of your soul, your head, your mind. Amen. Oh, praise God. I'm, I'm overflowing with this. I'm not sure it's being translated to you, but I'm pretty excited about it. Now, the thing I also I'm excited about is Jesus' first question was that, will you be made whole? It's a huge question because wholeness in this case 
is going to cost this guy something naturally. In other words, he's going to have to leave that place of sickness and really turn his back on it and turn his back on all that he has seen. His view is about to change. His lifestyle is about to change. Everything around him is about to change. And that's why it's such a big question, and it's the reason some people will say, I won't be made whole. And um, let's read here. The impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man. Isn't that something? He's got the Son of God here ready to answer any request or any need or desire he would have. And he's saying, I don't have anybody to help me. I often say very evangelistically and Shambach-like, you don't need no man, you've got Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's about right, isn't it? Lord, I don't have anybody to help me. And the Lord says, yeah, I know, you're pathetic, aren't you? What a sad case. You know, if the Lord agreed with some of our statements, we'd just be shocked. We'd say, I'm not sure that's what you should be saying to me. The impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool. Now see, this is called insane. Because the definition of insanity is, is doing the same thing over, expecting new results. Remember, if you want something you've never had, you might have to do something you've never done. He's been doing this 38 years. Should we go for 39? Maybe 40 is the magic year. How many decades shall we lay at the pool of Bethesda? How many years shall we keep saying the same things we've been saying, doing the same things we've been doing, acting the same way we've been acting, expecting different results. Preach, Pastor. Well, this is the way our religion and our denomination and abomination or whatever does it. Yeah, okay. Well, just if, you, if, if, if that's working for you, knock yourself out. Let us know how that goes. He says, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool. But while I am coming, another steppeth down before me. Jesus said unto him, I know it's really hard, isn't it? We're going to have the choir sing one more valley, one more hill. No, Jesus said unto him, rise. Now, that's quite a word, rise, because he hasn't, that's the pro. See, the guy could have gotten really snarky with Jesus, like folks in church can get. <laughs> the guy could have said, well, that's easy for you to say, rise, but you understand that's the whole problem here, man. I've been trying to rise for 38 years. I can't even get my toe in the water. He's still, he's crazy. He's not only impotent, but he's crazy. Because he's 
because he's doing the same thing, expecting a new result. Yeah, well, it's trouble it. Jesus said, rise. The guy could have said, well, the trouble is, I smashed my whole problem right there, sonny. I can't get up. But Jesus said, do the impossible. Do what you couldn't do. When I, when we all are off and doing, like we're going to South Africa, we do those meetings, you know, and we pray for the, for the people. We do the mass prayer just like we do here. I found that the results are about the same. <laughs> and I said, just, even though we're married to the method, but I say, you know, uh, do what you couldn't do before. If you couldn't walk, walk. If you couldn't see, look. If you couldn't hear, stop the other ear and listen. You know, if something didn't work, work it. That's what Jesus said here. Do what you could, what you've not been able to do. He gives him the impossible command. Impossible. Rise. Number one, rise. Number two, take up thy bed. Why? Because from this moment on, you're not going to be sleeping here anymore. It's all faith action. Your, your action betrays your will. Or, you know what I mean by that, by betrays it. In other words, it exposes. Maybe that's a better word to use because even though it's grammatically correct to say that, betrays it. But in other words, it shows what you've been hiding. And, and listen, word of faith people can be the best at hiding it because they've learned the lingo. There's a difference in a confession and reciting lingo. The teleprompter <laughs> that's been running at Word of Faith meetings has gotten people chanting mantra almost that they don't even believe. But your actions, more than your mouth, your actions, even though the mouth is important, we have that lesson. Your actions will betray or expose the real intent of your heart. Well, that went over big. I can feel it. Led Zeppelin. Put the CD on. Led Zeppelin. You know, a Led Zeppelin's not moving very far. I just want you to know that. Hot air. Hot air and the lead doesn't go together. Anyway. The, our actions will betray or expose or show the real intent of our will. Jesus is testing this guy. Will you be made whole? Well, the guy's going, well, I got these problems, man. And Jesus said, I know, son, we all have our problems. Is that what he said? No. He said, rise. Stand up. Do what you couldn't do. Now, take up your bed, because you're not sleeping here anymore. 
Because see, the wisdom would have said, now you might want to just keep your spot here just in case it takes longer. The caution club will meet and help you to take it easy now. Be slow. Don't do anything rash. Don't do anything extreme. The church is scared to death of extreme. Anything. Well, we don't want to be, yeah, that's what the Bible says, but we don't want to be extreme. And when you start preaching the prosperous soul message, you're going to get a lot of warnings about extremes. And I said, you know, from the looks of things in the body of Christ in the United States anyway, we're nowhere near extreme. Because if you give a prayer line for people in debt, the whole place comes forward. (laughs) And you give a prayer line for sickness, the whole place comes forward. So I don't think we're anywhere near extreme. (laughs) To be worried about. Maybe when all the debt gets paid off and everybody's, you know, really flowing in things, somebody might get a little snotty about it. You might want to talk about extremes. I don't think... What do you think, Pastor Scarlett? I don't think, from what I see, we're anywhere near the warning of extreme. It's like somebody weighing 500 pounds, and then they say, I'm going to go on a diet. And you go, well, don't do anything extreme. No, 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 no. They might need to try a little extreme. And the further away from the look of wholeness that we have in prosperity and, and health, according to 3 John 2, don't even come to me with some preacher you don't like that you think is extreme. I don't even want to hear their name because I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about 3 John 2. If you want to talk about 3 John 2, we'll talk. But don't come to me with some preacher you don't like. Well, that's bold to say, isn't it? Because people will. Yeah, yeah, well, I saw so-and-so on TV. Well, why don't you turn it off if it upsets you that bad? You have a button that says on, off. Let me explain how that works. You press it, and it'll turn it off. This is deep. You need a Greek word for off? I don't know what that is, but turn it off if it upsets you. Don't use it, don't use something you don't like to enhance your bad belief system. Woo, what's happened to the pastor? He's lost his mind. You need to, this is extreme. The church is scared. Of, how many know what I'm talking about? The church is scared of it. They'll always warn you. If you start talking grace, oh, no, don't get extreme. If you're talking faith, don't get extreme. You're talking finances, don't get extreme. The love of God, be careful, you could get in the ditch. Ah. Let me tell you, let me tell you who invented extreme. God the Father is the most extreme entity you'll ever encounter is God the Father because He was extreme I would call having your only begotten son crucified on a cross a little extreme. So don't talk to me about extreme. You gotta be careful, Pastor. We're getting extreme. No, we're not. We're nowhere near extreme. 
Can I say this? The same person who warns you about getting extreme will ask you for gas money. And you say, do you not see the problem here? (laughs) You might need a little more extreme than you've got going. Oh, that was bold. See, look, in the ample, that's nice. Get up! Boy, that's a, that'll, that'd make, that'd be a good title for this. Get up! From your place of comfort. Well, that's back at my face. Right there. You don't know all, all the cylinders that are firing right now. Because sometimes I get comfortable. And I don't want to get up from that place of comfort. Get up. Why? Because you're not staying where you're at. You're going to move on. Glory to God. Is this helping you? Is this? Can you already see how you can apply this to some areas? Get up. Pick up your bed or your sleeping pad. And walk. And walk the right direction. Don't walk towards the water, the, the, the water pit. Walk the pool. Walk away from this whole scene. Turn your back on it and walk away into a new life. That'll preach, won't it? Get up and pick up and walk. (laughs) Uh, I should write a song about that. Immediately, the man was touched and felt a little better. His left toe he had feeling in. No. The man was made whole and took up his bed and walked. He got up, picked up, and walked. The same day was the Sabbath and there was a problem because the rule mongers didn't like it. Nobody likes this that's in the flesh. Now, the guy could have rejected. He could have, when Jesus said, you know, rise, take up your bed and walk. He could have said, well, I will as soon as the, I get in, I'm next in the, in the pool. And he could have died there at that place. And we can all die in our place of comfort. We can all die in our place in our, I'm talking about in faith and in our spiritual life. And in our soul, we can just kind of die on the vine, stay in our little pot. You know, we, we, uh, Scarlett and I wor- worked a little bit in the yard yesterday and there was one plant, especially she said, this needs to be repotted. It's root bound. And I thought about how that's how our lives can look sometimes. We get root bound. We get so comfortable in our little pot and, 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 and tight little ball. <laughs> Amen that it stunts our growth and we don't know why we're not producing any fruit or flowers or bigger leaves or whatever. But I'll tell you what, you get in there and kind of, you have to uproot the plant and you stick your your little shovel or whatever in there and a spoon, whatever you got, and you kind of break those roots apart a little bit and give them some air, put them in some fresh soil in a bigger pot, and the plant takes off. Because now there's room to grow. So sometimes we have to do that to ourselves. Amen. So the message is 
What's your will? We know what God's will is. It's in the Word. First, you have to agree with that. You first have to agree with that and say, you know, regardless of my own, you know, maybe you've had a prejudice against uh, 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 prosperity or something, but the way to cure that is with the Word too. It's called mind renewal. Amen. And so you have to renew your mind and say, you know, I don't care. Well, those people that I, in my town I grew up with that lived over there on Main Street in that big house, they were so snotty, I couldn't stand them or whatever. Okay, so get over it. They're dead and gone. The house is torn down. There's a church's chicken there now. So quit with with all that stuff and all that thinking. And boy, my mama had a problem with Mrs. So-and-so. So what? So big, hairy deal, right? These are things that are limiting our growth, this kind of thinking, this kind of class warfare that the world is promoting now like crazy. Class warfare is alive and well. And if you're not careful, you'll get caught up into thinking like that and you'll turn off the blessing of God in your own life. Amen. Bible says to charge those. I like that. It's funny. The Bible says charge those who are rich in this world's goods to not be high-minded. I have two thoughts about that scripture. One is, well, in most churches that shuts down even thinking about it because you're not supposed to have anything, so you wouldn't be charging anybody there. But the other thing is charge them. It says charge them. I love that. Send them a bill. Charge them. No. All right. Bad thinking. How many know what I'm talking about though? We, we get, we get, we get, we have these, we have these cultural barriers that we are, sometimes grow up with. And, uh, and boy, th- those things can be really alive. You don't, you think that you've conquered it and then something happens. Some movie star gets arrested or some, right? Somebody does something awful. And you and you just spew it. It just comes out. Okay, I'm gonna, these kind of people. I don't know. They, you know, they've never worked a day in their life hard for a living. Blah blah blah. Before you know it, all that fuming stuff comes out. And before you know it, you're identifying with lack and poverty instead of identifying with Third John two. Amen. Yeah. And so we have to change it. If our culture, same with church culture, same with Pentecostalism. Anything that turns into an ism has problems, I'm telling you. And we got Pentecostalism. You ever met people that were steeped in that stuff? Every, sin consciousness rules the day. Everything's wrong. Breathing might be a sin if you enjoy it. There's word of faithism by now that's mean. It's always mean and it's always exclusive. And it always pushes people away. Catholicism doesn't mean everybody in the Catholic Church is wrong. There's great people that are Catholics. Thank God. Amen. There's been popes that have been born again. There's been there's been uh, you know Catholic priests that speak in tongues and have charismatic conferences. And so thank God for the Catholic Church. But there's a difference in the Catholic Church and Catholicism. Pentecostalism, charismaticism, or word of faithism for that matter. 
And our ism can be leading the way instead of the word. Amen? we got to get over ourselves and get into that. <laughs> Woo! Praise God. This is helping me. When I find myself feeling sorry for myself at the pool of Bethesda, wondering if I should just put my... See, I, if I was that guy, I would have oozed over after 38 years and slept at the edge of the pool of Bethesda with my foot in the water so that I would be first. That's what I would do. But maybe they don't allow that. There's probably a a monitor that walks around the edge. That's not fair. The Fairness Committee would walk around. That's not fair. Put your foot out. Well, I've been here 38 years. Yeah, but this lady here has been here 52 years, and she she can put her toe in first. If you don't think that that system in that day wouldn't do something like that, then you haven't read anything about what Jesus and Paul dealt with. Because remember, Jesus got rebuked for healing on the Sabbath. <laughs> Didn't he? And, he? and he got rebuked by the, by the ruler of the synagogue. The guy in charge of the synagogue said to him, you're wrong for healing on the Sabbath, and this guy is wrong for accepting a healing on the Sabbath. And they made sure you had your head covering and all the stuff and make sure the men are circumcised and the women report. And I mean, you know, you name it, they had it going. And so if you don't think they would monitor the pool of Bethesda, they probably had a whole committee. This poor guy, again, he could have rejected it, but his will, at, I, something about Jesus, something about his enthusiasm, I think, Something about his spirit sparked something in that man that he really did want to, he was tired of it. Amen. Are you tired of your pull of Bethesda? Are you tired of what you've been going through? Then you can rise, take up your bed and walk. Amen. I hope that helps somebody today. Let's stand together and we'll pray before we leave. And, uh, if you're in the watching on the internet, you 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 join us in this prayer. I I'm praying it primarily for you. In Jesus' name, Lord, we thank you. If you if you have a if you have a physical need, put your hand where you're suffering. Jesus will touch you. And if you if you have a financial need, expect a, a change and a miracle. Amen. Obey the Lord, ungiving that kind of thing as well. But Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for all these people that are here in the sanctuary and those that are watching us in the virtual sanctuary of the internet. In Jesus' name, be healed and whole today in, in the name of Jesus. I command blind eyes to open, deaf ears to unstop, lame legs to walk, cancers and tumors to dry up and disappear, any kind of DNA damage, cell damage, anything that's causing illness, anything that's causing distress and deficiency, I command it to go in Jesus' name. Be healed and whole today from the top of your head to the soles of your feet in the name 
of Jesus. Father, those that have a material or financial need, I thank you for showing yourself strong this week, showing yourself mighty, doing abundantly above according that we pray the Ephesians 3.20 blessing, abundantly above even our highest faith, our highest prayers to be uh, supplied in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Brasita la bache la bossa, banda la sonda la ba, roste la bauchita, rasa la manda la quista la ba, brositi la basiki, rasa. Scarlet, come up here and help me. Brasiti vasina manatia, so te la, te la slela mandita tamba. So walking in the light and walking in his will and walking free from darkness will be an absolute joy. And that's the way the Lord wants you to live, an absolute, exceeding, abundant joy. And the life of God is a joyful life. The life of God is free from oppression, free from depression, free from the struggle in the mind and in the body. But to walk free is what he desires for all of us. Amen. And so the will of God is already decided. The will of God has already been determined. And now he waits on us. He waits on us to say, we will. We will do what you will. We will do your mm, will. Mm, and we will see yeah. all those things that you've determined for us. To come to pass. Amen. All right. Praise the Lord. Thank you. In Jesus' name, let's lift our hands and praise Him. You that are at home watching, you lift your hands and praise Him. And walk in that in Jesus' name. We walk in the light. We walk in the light of the Word. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right. Praise God. Don't forget to join us uh, Wednesday night. Okay. Don't forget to join us Wednesday night. Uh, and, uh, again, also we are, um, we'll be on the internet and, uh, uh, join us there if you're not, uh, you're not able to come Wednesday night. We have dinner at six and service at seven. All right. God bless you. Amen. We have birthday cake. If you're watching on the internet, we have birthday cake <laughs> and a celebration. <laughs>